growth is a part of the human existence. It's a part of the condition. And I find that growth is actually that this concept of movement and transition is both inevitable and something to be valued in and enjoyed with this one precious life. So I have asked myself a series of questions over the past 10 years that I wanted to bring to life here in this particular micro show. What is the right amount of, of growth, of pressure, of the, the essential ingredients necessary to enhance your abilities, your skills to, to grow without going too deep into the negative consequences of constantly being stressed out, right? Isn't it possible? Isn't it likely that there is some sweet spot in there? And it reminds me of a great quote from uh, the Huberman podcast, the optimal amount of stress is stimulation. So what is this right combination of challenging yourself without being overwhelmed? And there are, you know, so many ways that we can think about this, right? The most obvious that comes to mind for me, which I find relevant, and I wanted to share with you here on this episode of the Chase Jarvis Live on Creative Live, is a muscle, right? We know that the way that muscles grow is a combination of breaking them down, stressing them out, and then supplying them with proteins to rebuild. And if you do that process over and over, that the muscle fibers will grow. They will increase their ability to do their job. And the same is true for you. Uh, I find that the ability to operate under pressure is... Uh, a something that it may be uncomfortable, like most people while they're working out do not say this is incredibly joyful, but they like the results that come thereafter. And if you ask any top performer, I think the same is true. I do believe that it's valuable to enjoy the process and the macro. You can zoom out and say, yes, I like the process of breaking down my muscles, feeding them with protein and having them grow. Or I like as a leader, putting myself in a position where I'm slightly uncomfortable outside my comfort zone. I'm stimulated to the point where I rise up to the occasion and respond. You know, I get most of it right. I, there's a couple things that I learn about and then I apply that the next time and the cycle returns and, and we, we build, we grow. So if we deconstruct this one layer further, the way I like to shape it is around two different types of stress. One is eustress and the other is distress. Now, eustress is, if you look up the definition, it's generally thought of as positive stress, stress that actually helps you grow, that um, that is beneficial to the organism. Now, de-stress or distress rather, uh, you can conceive of, on the other hand, that the prefix dis or negative is bad stress, stress that's bad for you, too much stress, not the right kind of stress. So when we, again, consider how we are going to set ourselves up for optimum growth and development and um, you know, overcoming the obstacles that we see in our way between where we stand today and our dreams, this 
cultivation of the right amount of eustress and and you know, increasing eustress and decreasing distress and finding that sweet spot is something that we can be proactive about. It's something that we can do with intention. So to that end, let's look at some different kinds of stress. And a great way is, you know, putting ourselves in things, in, in, uh, places, in experiences that are slightly uncomfortable, a little more chaos, for example, than we might be used to if you are trying to learn a skill may accelerate your adoption of that skill because there potentially are consequences. This might be giving a speech. You know, if you go to Toastmasters, the first speeches you start to give are in in front of small audiences that are aware that you are learning to speak as is everyone in this room. For example, they're learning to give speeches. And so while it might be um, a step up from giving a speech in front of the mirror in your bedroom. It is in a controlled environment that adds a little bit of stress. It's a supportive environment and you can grow. So that is a sweet spot versus going from your bedroom, not being a good speaker, looking in the mirror, being terrified, and then going on a stage in front of 5,000 people. That would be uh, unhelpful or that would cultivate distress. And my belief in in creativity that there is a lot of stress or a lot of resistance generally and i would like you to seek this discomfort in small controlled ways not dissimilar to the taste maker or sort of the toast master example that i just gave about speaking so you're sitting in front of a blank page if you're a writer you're worried about writing the perfect thing. Why don't, why don't you write something terrible? Write 250 terrible words that don't make sense because you can do that when no one else is around and you can say, how did that feel after you did this exercise? You can evaluate, well, I was blocked and I didn't have anything to say and then I said something instead of nothing and I actually feel good that I wrote 500 words rather than bad that I didn't write anything at all. So this idea of being able to cultivate willingly putting yourself into a little bit of chaos is valuable. What's also valuable is a little bit of reflection time. So I like to think that our life experiences, those are the things that manifest each of our individual unique uh, lenses on the world, or it's another way of saying your own unique creativity is specifically because you have lived a life that may be similar to other people, but no one has lived your exact experience. And that is the thing that when you're pouring your creativity onto the page, onto the stage, into your pictures, out into a business, that is a great thing to lean into. And what is not, you know, what, what are the raw ingredients of that unique experience? What are they if not a life well lived. So going out there and experiencing the world, getting into adventures is the way I used to talk about it. That is the raw material that makes up creativity. Now these can be positive and negative, but let's envision a world where you only have a chaotic life and you only are on the road, never reflecting, always living 
always grinding, always in the moment from, you know, one stage to the next stage to the next stage without proper time to pause and reflect, without the ability to say, what have I learned between getting off, you know, the last stage and getting on to the next stage? This idea of a little bit of uh, reflection is that is when synthesis happens, right? Chaos and a life of adventure and a life well lived. And by adventure, I don't mean hopping on a train and going all over the world. I can mean developing a website and only coding. If you're not stepping away and looking at the thing that you've built or comparing notes with others or getting mentorship or mentoring others, that's what I mean by, you know, by adventure. You need this balance between adventure and reflection. So this idea of having a little bit of downtime to process, evaluate, and then apply what you learned is super critical. And it is a marker that comes up in, you know, virtually every conversation that I've ever had on this topic with incredible performers. So if we go back to this concept of eustress and distress, what I find is most people are not uh, honest with themselves with respect to what is the right amount of stress. Reality says we can handle a little more stress in some areas than we give ourselves credit for if we're trying to learn something new. Most people would not want to give that first speech in front of the group of 20 people who are also learning to speak uh, publicly, but it is the first step. And going from zero to one, doing nothing, getting off the couch or out uh, of your bedroom where you're practicing in front of the mirror out into the real world is more discomfort than most of us are willing to engage in. And that is why most people do not fulfill their dreams. If you are interested in fulfilling yours, I encourage you to be more carefree with your level of discomfort. How can you engage in 25% more chaos, 25% more discomfort. I have learned by experience that this, that there is an optimal amount for me. And in being honest and actually listening to myself, not just what my desires to be comfortable are, but my desire for growth. And I have become more honest <laughs> that a little bit more pain can bring about a little more growth. Now, this manifests in many ways. We've talked about some of these things, uh, personal and professional. And this reminds me of a conversation I had with Matthew McConaughey about his book, Green Lights, right? When everything is easy and we're cruising, what it feels like rolling downhill and catching as, as Matthew calls it, green lights. And when we hit a yellow light or we hit even worse, a red light, it, it has this um, early seemingly consequence of shutting down our mojo, right? We were just caught a bunch of green lights and now you get a yellow or a red. But when are you really growing? If you're certainly not really building muscles, if you're jogging downhill, right? <laughs> There's, there has to be some of this resistance. And so what are some ways, and I think it's a good use of the next few minutes here in the podcast to share with you that I have personally experienced and I have heard from others, what's the right way to cultivate the right amount of 
stress? How do, how do manufacture you stress? Well, part of it is doing this with intention. If you are just walking down the street and then something unexpected happens to you, you may or may not be able to react appropriately in the moment, but ultimately that is some distress that is, um, not by your own choosing and almost by definition, the fact that it catches you off guard is, uh, usually puts that out of the category of eustress and into distress. So if you flip that example on its head, then why ought we not sink as much time and energy as in, in putting ourselves intentionally in a controlled environment in what you could consider a little bit of chaos or in harm's way into a scenario where we know we need to practice. So intention is a huge piece of this. I also love to then cultivate relationships on two different vectors. One is I like to, if it's in sports and I'm trying to learn a new sport, for example, if I'm playing golf, I want to play golf with someone who's slightly better than me, someone who I can learn from, someone who can give me feedback on my swing or my, the mental game of, uh, of golf or, or rather instead of, or, and by extension, I also like to, uh, be a mentor to some people who are a little further behind me in their journey, whether this is again, golf or business or design or anything, this idea of having a mentor and being a mentor. And I use these terms light, lightweight you know, these are air quotes, is incredibly helpful because it builds perspective, right? If you're able to see that there's someone who's a little bit higher up on the food chain than you, a little bit further along in their journey, you recognize that with practice, you can probably get to where they are. You see this as a human being doing human being type of things. Even if they're world-class, you're like, I can see it. I can believe it because I'm watching it with my own eyes. I can get close to it. And by extension, when you learn those things from the, those that mentor you and you can pass some of that on based on your own experience or skills that you have mastered, this idea that, wait a minute, I used to not be able to do that. And now here I am sharing this with the person that I am mentoring. These are interesting. And if you can do these things intentionally, it will help you grow couple of other small, lightweight ways that I inject discomfort into my own life, cold exposure, right? It's no secret. I've talked about it on this show. I have a cold plunge at my home in Seattle and uh, at a different place. I, I uh, have the ocean, the Pacific Ocean, which is about 47 degrees where, <laughs> up at our beach place. So... I get in these cold baths at least once a day, often twice, often morning and night. There is not one piece of me, not one part, not one cell in my body that prior to me getting into this 45 degree water or sometimes 39 degree water says, this is going to be awesome. But you know what? I do it anyway. And here's the results are interesting because the more that I get into that cold water, despite not doing so, not desiring to do so, it's not even a discussion. I don't even say, Hmm, I wonder if I should get in the cold water today. 
I just do it. And I do it specifically because it makes me comfortable with being uncomfortable. And the science is also very clear. This is excellent for your immune system because it is a lightweight stressor, right? It's not a saber tooth tiger. It's not going to kill me, but the movement of my, the lymph system, for example, the constriction of blood vessels, the, the lightweight stress that the body goes into when it gets into freezing cold water, it strengthens the response of the immune system. It strengthens your internal systems. So by extension, let's, I'm doing it with cold. Another way is exercise, physical exertion, sports. I'm giving you a couple of examples here. Aside from the speaking example, cold exposure exercise. But I believe that there are more than just these simple um, examples laying um, around for us to choose. And it is your job to seek these things, right? I was the founder of Creative Live early on, and then I stepped away and gave the reins to some fancy venture capital CEOs because I didn't believe that I had the skills and I wanted to learn. And I, this is this concept of having a mentor. And I watched this process and I learned about the different players in the ecosystem. And then at some point, I chose to grab the reins and lead as the founder and CEO of a venture backed company that had investors and, you know, there was a lot at stake and that process, that was a little set of intentions that I built around that, um, particular area of my life. And then while in that role, I also repeated that cycle in very small controlled ways every day, right? Coaching team members, what are their capacities, strengths, weaknesses, goals, mindset, um, as a leader, when to inject stress or resistance. Uh, if you're a coach, when are you making your team do extra fitness? Because not only is the fitness important for their success at a sport, but in order to build up their capacity for pain. <laughs> These are real things. And I guess I've tapped into so many different examples here from cold therapy to leadership to, um, you know, giving speeches in front of small groups of people that I just want to share with you that I do not have the experience of growing without the experience of stress. We have two choices. Stress in life is inevitable. There are going to be stresses that we do not choose, and those also will be inevitable. But in order to prepare for those, and in order to pursue our dreams and make the most of this one precious life and tap into that thing that is such a beautiful aspect of the human experience, the, the ability to grow and change and become the people that we want to become that I encourage you to seek out lightweight, frequent stress, stressors, this eustress of which I speak, combined with moments of reflection in order to maximize our beautiful, precious life. This is how growth happens. I would encourage you to lean into choosing 
intentional stress whenever possible so that you can manage it effectively. Like many things, this is a skill and you are not taught in school or from your parents or your career counselor that this is a skill that you can get good at, getting yourself uncomfortable, learning from that experience and applying it over and over and over in small, lightweight, healthy ways. This is one of the secrets of the most happy, successful, and fulfilled people that I know is they actively engage in this. So to wrap up this particular micro show, please enjoy this, practice it, and let me know out there on the internet what you are doing to put yourself in into some lightweight, manageable stress on repeat. What are you going to learn? How can you apply that and grow? Signing off. Uh, until the next episode, I'm curious to hear what you think of this one. Good luck out there. Be safe and, um, go build some muscles. All right. Hey, before you go, thank you so much for listening. And I want you to know that I appreciate the time, the attention that you give to this show, to the guests and to yours truly. I wanted to take a second to say thank you. This community, like any community is a testament to the saying that a rising tide lifts all boats. By elevating one another, by sharing and resharing the show, the tidbits that you learn, the experiences that you take away from here, we can collectively have a massive positive impact on the world. Now, whether you're new here to my orbit or you've been here for a decade, I would encourage you to think about how you can show up for your peers, for your fellow creators, and the people in your life that you really know and care about. And one way of doing that is to share this podcast. If you got any value from one of these shows or if you've been listening for a long time, you're spreading the love means the world to me. That's how this show gets out. We don't spend a dollar on paid advertising for the show. It's you and me and the guests on the show that help reach new people every week. So I wanted to say thank you. I wanted to remind you that the only way this thing grows is if we grow together and, uh, and I'm grateful for any and all action that you take to that end. All right, that's a wrap. Let's put today's episode into practice and get back to growing together.